more and more people are using more and more of the ocean, so the pressures have ramped up. It's a living soup. I realized I came across more plastic bags than fish. We've really altered sound in the ocean. Below that depth, in the dark. The more science we do, the bigger and bigger this problem appears. Why aren't we cleaning this up? It secures our place in the universe on the planet. It keeps us alive. Protecting nature is the best investment we can make. Today we begin our series about the oceans, which I wanted to call Trashing Nemo, because quite literally that's what we are doing to the oceans. With some hesitation on the part of our staff, whose mood swings tend not to be as violent as mine, and the possibility of some Disney lawyers calling us up allowed me to accept trashing the high seas instead. Sea habitats are being destroyed at an alarming pace since the 60s. Humans have removed over 20 million tons of wildlife from the world's oceans by means of dragging nets across the ocean floor. 90% of fish and sharks snatched from the ocean and placed on dinner plates faster than they can reproduce. Then there's climate change and pollution that have put our oceans in jeopardy, which in turn makes the viability of planet Earth a bit more dubious all around. Renowned oceanographer and National Geographic explorer-in-residence Sylvia Earle got knocked over by a wave on the Jersey Shore many decades ago as a little girl. And ever since, she has dedicated her life to making the oceans a productive sanctuary. Earle says we have the ability like never before to connect the dots to see what we're doing to the oceans. So why not save blue parks, make designated safe areas in the oceans now as a way of just getting started? It doesn't take a serious, trained scientist to look at the evidence. An open mind, just asking questions. Open minds, looking, observing, and reporting honestly what they see. It's what has propelled civilization through all time, but we are the beneficiaries of all that preceding knowledge. And we have a chance. We still have 10% of the sharks. (laughs) They're not all gone. We still have a few oysters in Chesapeake Bay and New York Harbor, more turtles, more sea turtles, even though they are consumed in some places, and their eggs, well, protecting the nests is part of the solution to seeing that they get to grow up. But as attitudes change, there's the hope that we will understand that protecting nature is the best investment we can make because it secures our place in the universe on a planet that keeps us alive. Knowing that is the key to taking action. What technology has been brought to bear on um, extracting fish from uh, the ocean for uh, use as human food and sometimes, you know, very high-end human restaurant food? And uh, what is the cost of using that technology? Our ability to strip the ocean, clear-cut the ocean in the last half century has been based on the technologies that did not exist prior to that time. Part of it in terms of knowing where in the ocean you are. Also relating to the technologies developed to find and locate uh, submarines during times of war have been used to find, locate, and capture fish in an unprecedented level. New materials to make these enormous nets whether they're drift nets or bottom trawlers, they're made of materials that are inexpensive relative to what was used ages ago. And long lines, literally long lines that are hundreds 
well, when you think of how many are deployed around the world, we're talking thousands of miles of lines with baited hooks every few feet. And, I mean, fish really don't have a place to hide anymore. I mean, we were under the assumption for quite a long time that there was a certain pace of extraction from the ocean. Uh, And then all of a sudden, this spring, um, new estimates came out from a variety of scientific sources that were analyzing data. And it turns out that the humans have removed 20 million tons of wildlife from the world's oceans, and actually uh, possibly even far, far more than that. Um, And so many of the... That were not accounted for. That were not accounted for. And so many of the Mm -hmm. targets and, uh, you know, frequency... Uh, limits, fishing limits for species are based on these erroneous numbers. What's going to happen now that uh, we understand far more fish were taken and, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult to modify in midstream without just shutting down certain species altogether? One of the revolutions that's underway concurrently is the understanding that fish as wildlife, fish as individual creatures like individual birds like individual mammals, they are taking on a new level of respect as we understand that they behave Mm. differently. They have personality. They have faces. Everyone can be identified with its own distinctive DNA. And there are other ways of measuring the value of fish to humans. We have disrupted these tightly wound systems that put put us at risk as we see a planet where the carbon cycle, the oxygen cycle, the water cycle, all of these basic systems that separate and characterize, really characterize Earth as our life support system, a planet that that works for us, but it has taken all preceding history to get it to a point where in a few decades we have unraveled these systems. And in the last 50 years... Things have taken a sharp nosedive, despite our best efforts to manage. Do you, I mean, you, you see hope in the blue parks. You see hope in the sense that there's a consciousness that, that was never there before, but is, is there now. Um, how does it go beyond just watching your films and the films of other great nature photographers? Well, the best hope is in communicating and just providing the evidence. I am trying to save the species I value the most, and that would be humankind. The idea that it's the century ahead that we need to look at, the next thousand years, the next 10,000 years, the decisions that we make right now, the next 10 years, will really determine the future for the next 10,000 years. So it's a big job. Let's get at it. Sylvia Earle. Oceanographer, National Geographic, explorer in residence, founder of Mission Blue, and global treasure, I would say. Sylvia, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, John. Let's go diving. Hmm. Indeed.